Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. And it's a great pleasure to have Wendy Nola safely back in studio with us where she belongs. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you, Pippa. Lovely to be here. We're going to be touching on a topic that we've talked about until we blew in the face and we'll keep on talking about until we even bluer because it's an ongoing issue, the su- subject of plastic waste. Particular development around plastic straws we want to talk about today. And I'm interested to hear your views on this one as well. And then after half past two or so, we'll be opening the lines for more general consumer queries. We have already got a couple in around e-waste and a few other bits and pieces, but if there are other general consumer issues you'd like to raise this afternoon, you can phone in on 021-446-0567. And of course, if you'd rather send a WhatsApp, that's absolutely fine. It's 072-567-1567. Now, when do you think back a few years ago, way before COVID, I know we've forgotten everything that happened before COVID, yes. but not so long ago, there was a huge upswell internationally and here in South Africa of a public campaign to ban the plastic straw. We had local and international celebrities jumping on the bandwagon, tweeting their pledge that they'd never use them again, showing us their alternatives made out of all kinds of things that yes. they were using instead. And as a result, we saw a big push away from them in a lot of restaurants in Cape Town. We saw a lot of people All getting over, smart yeah. and Buying jumping on with different versions, glass metal, straws and metal yes. straws and all of those. And many of us have gotten used to just never seeing them. We never ask for them. We never use them anymore. I can't think of the last time I actually saw one offered to me. Um, I've uh, seen yeah. it here and there, but, and but, there, but it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's dramatically reduced. Yeah, it used to be absolutely prevalent. It's yes. no longer as significant. But the one place where they were still pervasive was stuck to the back of that little single-serving fruit 200 juice box yes. of 200 ml sweet it fruit juice. It used to be 250 ml, but that's a shrinkflation story for example, another day. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, they were pervasive, but there's been quite significant change in the last week or so. There has. Of course, with straws, sort of they were the poster child for, for what pl- our single-use plastic was doing in, in, to the ocean and its inhabitants. I mean, who could forget the straw up the turtle's, the turtle's nostril? Nose, so yeah. That, yeah. And I used to say, that's great, but what else are you doing beyond the straw? It's not enough to stop it wasn't using enough. straws. But yeah. straws, as you say, um, are still a problem, as anyone who has ever taken part in a beach cleanup will tell you. So... Um, it's taken a while for consumer pressure to reach the big manufacturers, and it's also taken government saying it from next month, um, the regulations are coming in that, ah. that, are, that are forcing the manufacturers to take responsibility for the packaging, the ill-designed, ill-considered packaging that they're putting out there. So it, it, it's there is some legal imperative that's now I happening. I didn't know that. Yes, that timing we'll get, is significant. We'll get, yeah. we'll get to that in a bit. But... Um, with the largest fruit juice packaging operation in Africa, which is um, a series, having just announced that it's switching from plastic to paper straws, we thought we'd ask a local beach cleanup NGO just how significant this move is likely to be. Is it greenwashing or is it really a big step forward to dealing uh, towards dealing with this problem, reducing and ultimately eliminating yeah. plastic straws lying around on our beaches and, and obviously in our oceans? So... Um, just a bit of context, plastic waste management is a growing concern across the globe. And of course, drinking plastic drinking straws were identified some years ago as a major contributor. And the problem, Pippa, is that they, they would have some recycling merit, but they're so light mm. and small that for the reclaimers or collectors um, who are paid by weight for the, for the plastic they collect, it's just, not, of them. It's just yeah. not worth the effort. Yeah, so... Um, and there's also, um, you know, the light weighting also makes it a complica- little bit complicated to recycle in itself. So 
the only way to tackle the problem is to move away from plastic straws altogether. And as you say, better um, late than never. Um, a few weeks ago, Series Fruit Juices, which is uh, part of the giant PepsiCo group, and as I said, the largest fruit juice packaging operation in Africa, announced the introduction of eco-friendly straws, i.e. paper ones, on some of its juice packs. Um, and there were lots, there was lots of media around, you know, a lot of press releases um, and uh, the comments such as Ceres believes that there's an opportunity to change how the world produces, distributes, consumes and disposes of packaging in order to tackle the shared environmental challenges we face. Um, yeah, I mean, so I get that, and I, look, I'm glad that they've done it. I, I'm I'm being cynical, Wendy, but I, look, I haven't bought job, one. Really. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> bought one of those boxes. It's not a product we consume in our family, so I haven't bought one since my kids were little toddlers. Yes, and I am. I I know. I'm sure there are mothers out there going, "Have you seen what the paper straws look like after a soggy, soggy yes. toddler has sucked on yes. them for half an hour?" <laughs> but that aside, I'm glad they've done it. My instinctive response was, "What took you so long?" And I'm interested to hear so, that there is potentially a legislative imperative behind it not yes. just um suddenly acquiring a conscience about the product but um yeah i'm sure so the ocean th- activists have been pushing for this to happen for a long time absolutely so it's not going to be across the board instantly they're starting on some of their packs and moving to the other so it's a it's a migration rather than an instant event okay um and uh yeah so obviously the question which we were interested in is you know what what how significant is this change. So Craig Foster, uh, founder of the Sea Change Project and director of the, for what he's, what he's known teacher, for, yeah. Mount of his teacher, the award-winning documentary, he recently chaired and facilitated a roundtable session. It was hosted by Ceres on plastic waste and its effect on our ocean. And he shared this statistic with the audience that South Africa is the 11th worst plastic polluter in the world in terms of plastic pollution in the ocean, which is quite a sobering... It's appalling, yeah. It's nothing to be proud of. Um, and it's not only marine life that's affected. Affected Studies show that microplastics also have been found in our drinking water and food. So once, you know, they take a very long time to, to break down and they then over time create those tiny little... Tiny, tiny particles tiny that are then ingested by yes, the fish that we end up exactly. eating, etc. Yeah. So also on that panel was Anya Omadin, who's founder of the Beach Co-op organization. It's an NGO which grew grew out of a group of avid surfers and ocean lovers, which began cleaning the rocky shore at Surfers Corner in Musenberg uh, six years ago, every new moon. Mm. Um, and now the organization works with citizens and corporates to raise awareness of the scale of the problem and to shift behavior, particularly around packaging choices which is something that um, another frequent guest of the show, Chandru Wadwani of yeah. Extrapet, is often talking about. It's got to start with the, the, the manufacturers have to change their packaging to mm. be you know, more environmentally friendly. Um, so, yeah, um, the goal is to reduce and eliminate, ultimately, the use of single-use plastics from design and production to consumption and disposal. Now, we have interviewed Anya on the show before about their beach cleanups, and I know she's told us before about their so-called dirty dozen, uh, Wendy, of Mm. which the plastic straws are one. Won't you just uh, elaborate, though, for those who might have missed those previous conversations? So, in collaboration with Professor Peter Ryan of UCT's Percy Fitzpatrick Institute, the Beach Co-op has designed a unique dirty dozen methodology that enables participants to log the 12 most commonly found items on the beach during each cleanup. Um, in other words, which what are, yeah. what are the worst, worst culprits? I've taken part in a couple of these 
cleanups, and I can certainly attest to this list. Number one, sweet wrappers. Individual sweet wrappers. Individual yep, sweet wrappers. How? Oh, cool drink lids. So we're going to talk a bit more about that later. Okay. Um, straws. At number, number three. three. Okay. Number four, sucker sticks. So many of those. Absolutely. Number five, earbuds and. Nice to see. I know Woolies for one have changed. They now to have a paper, paper ones, but of yes. course they don't have to worry about moisture. Well, I would imagine as you do with straws. Yeah. Carrier bags, in spite of all the you know having to pay for them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Still get discarded. Yeah. Cool drink bottles. They separate cool drink bottles from water bottles. So cool drink bottles, then fishing line, water bottles, cigarette lighters, and light sticks. Those fun party things that you really? break. And yes, well, you think people do quite a bit of stuff like that on the beach? Okay. I, would imagine. I suppose that does make a horrible. Uh, they're partying at dusk or that kind of thing. I didn't. I, I didn't see. I, I haven't personally seen those, but it does make sense. Yeah. Okay, so that's the so-called dirty dozen. And uh, Anya is with us on the line to talk a little bit more about um, how pervasive they are, and to, to comment on just how significant or otherwise uh, this decision by series is to move away from the plastic straw on the juice boxes. It's actually the perfect day to be chatting to her, Wendy, because National Marine Week is starting tomorrow. Tomorrow, yes, yeah. and. Um, I'm sure it was the case. When we spoke off air, she said this morning was, was a new moon beach cleanup at Musenberg. So Anya, welcome. Anya Omadin, <laughs> founder of the Beach Co-op Organization. Does that mean you're literally speaking to us fresh off the beach? Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon. Um, such a pleasure to be here. And yes, indeed, we had a new moon uh, beach cleanup. Happy new moon to both of you and all the listeners. <laughs> Thank you. To you um, too. <laughs> yeah, so we, we had our regular new moon beach cleanup this morning on the rocky shore at, at Surface Corner at Musenberg. And then actually we went um, to visit the recycling plants at the VNA waterfront straight after, taking with us um, what we found on the rocky shore. So it's been a, a good morning. <laughs> so is that your standard practice, that you collect those those items, you ask the people participating to log what they're finding, and then it gets taken to the VNA? Anya, tell us a little bit more about the process involved here. So, yes, we do get citizens involved. It's very much a participatory um, science project. And um, they've, in fact, helped us produce two two papers with Professor Peter Ryan, one around what we've actually been finding in the rocky shore versus the sandy beach, and another around anemone ingestion uh, that we observed and discovered while Mm. uh, in the early stages of cleaning surface corner in the first three years or so. And what we've really been struggling with at the beach crop is actually... Um, finding recycling companies um, to recycle the waste that we find. Often the waste is dirty and contaminated and ends up um, going to landfill. Um, So we've built a beautiful uh, relationship with the city of Cape Town and they've helped us with that, but we're looking for other solutions. We're not happy with our waste predominantly ending up in landfill. Mm, And so today was an investigation of a potential partnership with, with the VNA. But of course, getting the waste from the cleanup to the VNA is an issue, and yeah. we're trying to overcome that. Um, but hopefully, you know, it's it's one step closer to going straight to landfill. First step is getting it off the beach, obviously. Um, second step is trying to look at what we found and who's responsible and how we can keep people accountable for producing the waste in the first place. 
Okay, now if I may, Anya, I'm going to put you on hold and bring in our second guest who is under time pressure. I know okay. has got to be with us yes. only until half past two. We're going to come back to Anya Omardine to talk a little bit more about those dirty dozen and what they're finding in these cleanups, as well as her views on the move away by series to drop that plastic straw. But also listening in is our second guest this afternoon, Chandru Wadwani, MD of Extrupet. He's the Joint Managing Director there. And it's a welcome back to the show, Chandru, because we've had you on a few times recently. Thanks for making time for us today. I know you're under time pressure. So Wendy, let me get hand over to you to ask Chandri what you wanted to know from him. Yes, hi Chandri. Thank you so much for joining us despite being a little time poor this afternoon. Um, I I thought of you immediately when I looked at the Dirty Dozen list and I saw that Cool Drink, cool drink Bottle Lids were at number two, um, only behind Sweet Wrappers in being, you know, um, most prolific on, on our shoreland. And I remembered, I hope, hope I rem, I'm remembering correctly that you said because of this, there were moves afoot to produce a bottle um, that allowed for the lid to remain attached to the bottle once opened in much the same way that the little um, can opener tab used to be, you know, a big litter item. And then the cans were redesigned so that you could open the can and the, the tab remained attached to the can. Am I, did, did I dream that or was that something on the, that's on the cards, Chandra? We all dreamed it years ago, and the good news is soon it will hopefully be reality. So hi, Wendy. Hi, Pippa. Hi, there. hi Anya. <laughs> Great to hear you. Always uh, have time, so appreciate oh, the opportunity. It's uh, legislation that originated in Europe, like many things, about what they call a tethered cap. Tethered cap. So okay. what it means is whether you want a screw cap to come off or you want one of those pump action uh, things you'll find on Bon Aqua's you know, water bottles, mm. um, it really means that you can't detach it from the bottle. And the reason is, and probably talks to Anya's challenges of some products she finds on beaches, is when products are too light, they don't have value. And if they don't have value, nobody ever picks them up. And mm. I think we've all seen images and pictures of dead birds on those faraway islands that have decomposed. And what were they dying of was starvation from ingesting products like lighters and bottle tops. Mm. So it's, it's, I think, imminent in Europe. And we are led to believe at some point it could become law here on the back of the Section 18 uh, regulations, which are imminent, if you remember. Yes, we spoke about that a little bit more. Would you, would you like to just very concisely tell us wh- how that changes things for, for manufacturers? Of packaging. So, so the premise here is what they call mandatory EPR, which is extended producer responsibility. Uh, they put it out for three industries. One was paper and packaging. Second was electrical and electronic goods. And the third one was lighting, lighting components. And in essence, what it says is the producer is now defined as the polluter. Uh, the producer are the converter and the brand owner as it stands now. And they will only be allowed to sell product in this market if they're part of an approved plan for end of life. What that really does now, it puts the onus on producers of products in those fields to design that those products don't end up becoming waste. They have specific targets for specific items. It's a five-year rollout. So they've been given time to hit specific targets. And as long as they meet the targets, then they're free to trade their products in the Republic of South Africa. And it applies to importers as well. That's excellent. Just one last question. In the meantime, while we're waiting for the tethered cap, um, 
would it be sound advice to consumers to just before discarding the bottle um, or to put the, po- the cap in there if they're on the go, put the cap in their pocket or something and then discard the bottle with the cap on it? Absolutely. Just uh, safely discard any remaining liquid content in the bottle, screw the top back onto the bottle, and not only will it uh, end up coming to a recycling facility, but itself will then be recycled into another product. Right. So that's actually, I mean, right now those PET bottles are gold. We can't get enough of them. And just by leaving your cap screwed on means that that too has intrinsic value into it right now. Uh, so it increases the chances that it'll be picked up um, and, 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 and land up and being recycled. into the recycling exactly. system. Okay. Thank you, Chandru. Chandru, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you squeezing Pleasure. us in this Always. afternoon. Chandru Wadwani, the Joint MD of Extru Pet. So that's good news and it's uh, 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 it may take some time, Wendy, but it's moving in the right direction. And uh, what struck me there is what Chandru said about the producer now being the, defined the, as, as the, the polluter. polluter. So they not have the to person take who bought it. Yes. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if somebody else bought the drink, drank it and discarded the, uh, the bottle irresponsibly ultimately they're held accountable for it at the end of the day. Absolutely. That's a game changer. And it's happening from next month. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. WhatsApp on 072-567-1567. We're back with Wendy Nola and with Anya Amardin, founder of the Beach Co-op Organization, who've been hosting cleanups on the uh, surface corner Rocky Shore since 2015 already. Just did another one this morning. And we're talking about, uh, again, the issue of plastic waste, but particularly uh, looking at their so-called dirty dozen of the most picked up items that they find during those cleanups. We're interested to know more about the impact of straws in particular, because the series Fruit Juice Group has said they are going to move away from the little plastic straw uh, stuck to the back of the 200ml juice pack and moved to uh, a paper alternative. Anya, that was a long wait. Thank you very much for holding on to chat to us and continue the conversation. Um, were you interested to hear Chandru's comments about it becoming, uh, well, about the moves that are happening um, within, eminently in South Africa, eminently with regard to putting the responsibility on the producers of packaging for cleaning up afterwards? Uh, and were you at all surprised by anything that he said? I was very, very excited, uh, and I have been waiting for this um, legislation to come into full force. Um, you know, the, the big businesses that produce um, the products that we have on our market that end up in our oceans and on our beaches and in our rivers, it's time that they fully take responsibility. So whilst I'm encouraged by series and the paper straw, there is, of course, the Tetra Pak um, yeah. and the paper and the foil and the plastic that goes alongside the plastic and our paper straw. So um, really getting them to commit to their product design and the manufacture of that product so that the onus isn't only on the consumer and the consumer already doing the cleanup for these big businesses. Um, So I'm very excited about the legislation and the fact that these businesses need to adhere to signing up their products with a product um, responsibility organization. And this needs to happen by the 5th of November, so by mm. next month, Guy as Wendy was saying. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, we as consumers really need to hold them accountable to ensure that they, they're on this journey. Talking about the little Tetra Packs, Anya, do you find them during your cleanups? They're just not on the, the top, the dirty dozen, but do you find them as an issue? Or, or not. Well, we haven't found 
many of them in our beach cleanups, I must be honest. So the, the dirty dozen, as you described them earlier. And actually, I need to point out that the light sticks actually uh, belong to the fishing industry. So oh, necessarily the, the party the, light the, sticks. Oh, I saw a picture of them and I assumed it was that. And I thought, oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, okay. So have this little hook, um, you know, oh. where they've been hooked onto the line. Yes, um, got you. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, obviously, what's been emerging in, in more recent cleanups when we have done them is, is masks, you know, the face masks. Oh, right. Um, the blue ones. We've, yeah, we, that's, that's something we need to um, look at and, and potentially add because of COVID. Well, somebody's um, just, sorry, on that note, somebody's just commented on our WhatsApp line, we have masks all over the mountain. Oh. Uh, so that speaks to, to the same issue. That, this person, though, also asks an interesting question. What about cigarette packets and butts? Anya, uh, I noticed that that's, that's not on your dirty dozen. Is that a change okay. in recent years? No, no, that is not a change. And the reason for that, the good question, is um, that people get, uh, so overwhelmed by how many cigarette butts we find on our beaches that they can't help us with their citizen science because they just end up writing infinity. Oh my and <laughs> because that's how many we find. And so sometimes at our cleanups, we have dedicated uh, groups that only pick up oh, cigarette no. butts. And, and Musenberg Beach is profoundly littered with cigarette butts, unfortunately. So I, I recall doing a cleanup with the Waves for Change group of yeah. kids that joined us once. And in 10 minutes, I think they fall close to, to two two-liter Coke bottles of, of cigarette butts I, alone. I was optimistically um, thinking it was because they, they, you know, being paper and sort of, you know, there's no plastic or anything in them that they, that they disintegrate um pretty quickly so clearly not or then there's just a, such a um a huge new crop of, of of butts all the time that you that's why you found so many of them yes yes exactly yeah, i was optimistically hoping it was because people were smoking I less but clearly that less. wasn't accurate i'm afraid <laughs> Anya, i mean the straws uh, i mean uh, as i said at the start of this segment there was that huge upswell of consumer pressure against the plastic straw a couple of years ago everybody jumped on board and came out with alternative products and encouraged us all to say no and refuse them in restaurants i'm interested to see whether whether you've noticed the impact of that on the beaches have you seen a change or is the fact that they have still been on things like the juice boxes meant that they've continued to feature? You know, it's it's an interesting question because um, a lot of the time and, and what we've experienced at Surface Corner anyway in 2018 was this upsurge of what seemed to be old plastic because it was floating in all the rock pools. Mm -hmm. And so um, Peter's theory is that it, there's a plume of this old plastic waste um, somewhere on the ocean floor and under certain conditions it would wash up. Gosh. So I think the same goes, um, you know, with regards to all kinds of plastic, including straws. This morning at Surface Corner, we found at least two. So they are definitely still in the system um, and, and as you know plastic doesn't break down into nothingness, it breaks down into microplastics yeah. and the same applies to the straw. So we may not find whole straws, but bits of straws and that, that is quite common at our at our cleanups, so I wouldn't say you know that that stores aren't being offered to customers and consumers, especially now with COVID. Yeah. You know, there seems to be an upswell of more packaging because of hygiene mm. reasons, mm. Um, and so we need to be cautious. And you know, earlier I heard you say, Papa, um, that that kids or toddlers 
I've taught my toddler to drink from a cup. And yeah. and so there are other ways to, to change behavior too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'm just grateful. Mine hated the stuff. They always said it was too sweet. They didn't like uh, it. They didn't want to drink them. So we never got into the habit and they never acquired the habit of asking for them as a result. Uh, yeah, yeah, in mine, the little one. I gave them from the big carton diluted 50-50 with water. Okay. And they saw how they liked to drink it. But I know, I mean, you're speaking to the million dollar th- issue here of, of consumer pressure that as long as we ask for these products and buy them readily without complaining about them, the product, the Producers are going to keep on putting them on the shelves. How, how big an impact is consumer pressure in your experience? You know, I, I worked at WWA for South Africa for a few years, and I think that the SASE program really there demonstrates how um, creating awareness and educating consumers um, has a huge role to play. And I would like, especially now that the legislation is in place, to, to create um, a, a body of, of consumers that are holding um, big businesses accountable uh, by lobbying government, by ensuring that um, they adhere to that legislation and, and try and achieve some of the goals that they set out when it comes to their products and a circular economy. Excellent. Yeah. Final question then, Anya, is if uh, list, Cape Talk listeners would like to join in one of your new moon cleanups, if you're looking for more citizen scientists. Anya, are you there? Anya, can you hear me? Oh. <laughs> Hello, sorry, this is Riyadh. Okay, sorry, I'm going to put... Uh, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what just happened. Riyadh, please speak to my producer. If we can get Anya back, or I'd like to know how listeners can join in the beach cleanups. Uh, I hope she didn't just slip and fall. I'm not sure what just happened in the background. But uh, we'll try and get that information for you. Uh, I have had one or two people asking how they can be part of it. I think we've got Anya back again. Uh, I'm hoping it is. Anya, is that you? It is, but I, I seem to have missed your last question. Can you please repeat? No problem. The question was if listeners would like to join one of your cleanups or, or be part of the citizen science of logging the waste they're finding on the beach, is there a way for them to do that? Definitely. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram. We have a website, www.thebeachcarp.org. And we have a cleanup happening on the 6th of November um, at Sunrise Beach, which is you know a little bit on from Musenberg. Yep. Um, so please look out um, on our socials, on Facebook. It's going to be an open event, our first one in forever, because we've yeah. been, you know, having people register to attend our events since COVID. So yeah, looking forward, and it's and it's in collaboration with a few other partners. Um, so it would be wonderful to have some of the listeners join us for that. I hope they will do that in numbers. Anya Omardin, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. And thanks for all the work that you do, you and the many other volunteers at the Beach Co-op organization who every month go out there and, mm. and, and do this research and, and the cleanup. And it might, it might seem like a drop in the ocean compared to the tons that are being produced, Wendy, but at least they're making the effort to, to not just remove it, but to study what's yeah, being removed. Yeah, I was going to say, there's yeah. the research element yeah. of it, yeah, yeah, which is so vital. So if anybody would like to comment uh, or question uh, or chat about uh, the issue of uh, particularly the straws being removed from those boxes, I'm interested to hear how enduring the campaign of the alternative straw has been. Uh, So what's it, three years now since there was the big pushback. Are you still carrying around your metal straw or your glass straw or your paper straws in your handbag? Are you still 
objecting if a restaurant offers you by default the plastic one wrapped in paper, for example. Or doesn't give you the option of saying no to straws and plastic cutlery. Remember we did that show. Yeah. Um, so when you order on Uber Eats or uh, whatever. Um, Is that Mr. still happening D- that it comes by default? Yeah. Because yeah. Be- that's a huge generation of, of, of single-use plastic and a lot of it goes in the bin. Okay. I'd be, just be interested to hear your comments and what you've observed and how much has changed in the last few years. Pop a voice note through to 0725671567. Interesting comment from Rod on the WhatsApp line. He says, we were told by Waste Plan, our local recyclers, that we should separate our caps from the bottles. It's interesting to hear now that that's not the uh, case. I've, be, I've always been told that you should put them on. So that's interesting. And not just by Chandri, but... So I don't know what, uh, what's up with that. I wonder if anybody else would like to comment on what instructions yeah. you've received from particular, maybe that particular organization has a way of dealing with it that they prefer to do it differently. Uh, I'm not sure. Consumer Talk. Open line. Call 021-446-0567. Before we take any open line questions, Wendy, quite a few people commenting on the straws and the caps, etc. Mm-hmm. An SMS saying it's not just the juice, the 200 ml long life milk also has the plastic straws still attached to the box. Oh, right. Um, you know, I, I would guess now that Ceres has taken the big leap, others will have to follow. They'll feel the pressure I, to follow. I would think so. Particularly if the legislation is what's actually driving this. Exactly. Yeah. Just a little bit about the straw. I asked um, uh, Ceres if there was any plastic at all in the straw to give it rigidity or whatever. And they said, yeah. no, it's called the cellulose straw. It's all paper apart from 2.5% to 3% glue. They've obviously got to make those ends meet. Um and they've sent it to an uh, independent test lab called CTP in France, and it was found to have a high fiber yield. In other words, it is uh, recyclable. Okay, um, it will so, break down. Yeah. So I'm very interested. I, I mean, I'm going to try and get my hands on one of those products just to see how it functions. I imagine it would have to be fairly robust because you first of all got to pull it to detach it from the from the pack. From the pack. Yeah. So there's that. And Push just, it out the plastic. Exa- is it still no. got a plastic wrap on it? No. Oh. Ooh, what from a hygiene perspective, question. how do they get around that? Ooh, that wasn't mentioned in any of the, no. the publicity. Now that I think about it, because one assumes if it's going to go in your mouth, it's got to be coated yes, in, in course, some kind of barrier, now. unless they move to paper. Could be wrapped on have the a outside. Look. That is a definitely to Follow be followed off. I believe, yeah. Um, yeah, and just on Tetra Pak, it is recyclable. Um, so your long life cartons, your juice, whatever. Um, ideally. If you're really into recycling, you should separate the layers. You, no, no, you can't separate the layers. It's called a multi-layer, so it's got. But they 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 do recycle those out. Um, a lot of the plants. But you know, if you can help, you can t- rip the the plastic spout off and cut both ends off and give it a wash. Or in, you know, if you used grey water, give it a wash. So it's nice and flat. It's not bulking out your your, your thing. Bin, it's okay. very once. I mean, once you get into the habit, it's really easy. Okay. Um, but it's definitely not, it doesn't have to land up in, in the landfill. In landfill, it which is, is obviously the, the key thing yeah. here. Okay. Um, so Cynthia telling me we collect the plastic tops for Operation Smile. Um, so they must have a revenue stream going there okay. that they uh, generate through those. Okay. Well, rather know. that than them ending up on the beach. Absolutely, yes. Cynthia. Thank you. And then another person commenting, I find that most convenience stores still have the plastic straws. After not having seen plastic straws for That's quite some true. time, it seems they're making a resurgence, perhaps I'm just paying more attention than before, perhaps, but also perhaps I think the COVID factor is a big one here, Wendy. It um, is. The the, it the, is. the concern around hygiene and the, the, the desire to cover things up because of that has driven a lot of uh, regression, I it think, has. in the and overpackaging it's, it's issue. It's a little unfortunate because 
you know, as the months go by on this COVID journey, so the scientists are uh, coming out with uh, their findings that this is a, a a disease you get by breathing, not touching. Yeah, so yes, all that basic, surface contamination. Ba- it's not from was, surfaces. Yeah. It was completely overstated. I remember we shared this. You have yeah. to have ten people COVID positive, coughing simultaneously or more, onto the same piece of paper, and then you know the chances are one in. 10,000 or something that you could ever you could get it from the service so all this fogging and complete obsession about you know still you know sanitizing the pen and all that it's uh, it's been overtaken by science, but the practices are lagging. Are still there? Interested to see though. I did read this morning that the IEC has decided it's not fogging the voting stations. Yes, because that was another area of massive corruption. What happened yeah. in the schools, etc. Yeah. Still happening in the corporate realm. So that's the story I'm working on. Okay, to yeah. be continued then. Yeah. Okay, um, right. I think we, le- you know, before we leave the plastic and waste and pollution issue, we've got a voice note about face masks that I'd like us to take a listen to, and then we'll move on to unrelated. Uh, uh, issues in the final sort of five minutes. Let's take a listen. Hi there, Papa. Um, regarding the discarded blue face masks, I read an article where it was recommended that the ear loops should be cut off before yes. they are discarded because I've seen some horrific pictures of uh, birds, seagulls in oh, particular, yeah. and other um smaller birds having their claws become entangled in those um, in the ear loops of the masks is that something to be considered as well before discarding them thanks a lot bye Yes, I've read that too, but forgot to mention it. So thank you very much. That's okay. a very valid comment. Thank you for that uh, for that uh, mention. Okay, um, Wendy, let's. We've got literally a few minutes left. This is one I know that you can answer fairly concisely and easily. Somebody phoning in saying. What do I do to get Vodacom to stop contacting me? He's, uh, I, I have a contract with them, but oh. I keep getting lots of unwanted marketing from them. How do we make that stop? Oh, that's a that's a difficult one because you, you can't just block. You're a, you're a, yeah. you're a, a client, but you should be able to um, sort of. You do have to be able to. They have to reach you because you're a yeah. client, and you, there's important information that needs to be shared. So so. Um, Having said that, though, you, there should be a means of blocking marketing um, contacts, e- emails or um, SMSs or whatever that are annoying you. You shouldn't have to make a blanket, you know, don't contact me and then About they say, anything, but we told yeah. you you're going to increase your plan in, pr- in price or whatever. So, so yeah, if, if the bottom line is between the CPA and Popier, if you don't want to receive marketing information unsolicited from any company, you have the right to say stop and they are legally obliged to stop. Yeah. Okay. So out them on social media if they're not. And and that is usually the thing that gets them acting when yes. nothing else does, unfortunately. Yes. So so so, check, for, my first comment would be when you receive those un- you know those marketing emails, check if there's a way to unsubscribe from the particular marketing mailing list that you're on that is sending that without unsubscribing from Vodacom per se. As a customer, yeah. it's not always wise. It takes wise. us back to the old, um, the net florist the one where you need that the 10 different marketing lists were we all on separate We must follow up on databases. that, actually. Yeah. They said by the end of 
October, November. So we'll, so, we'll come back to that. Okay, uh, to, to be continued. Good news. Sifa telling me I've just managed to download my e-vaccination card from the yet-to-be-launched platform. Oh. So it is working for some people. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it, it, as you probably know by now, they didn't actually mean to make it public yesterday. So all those calls into John's show complaining that you couldn't get in, you weren't actually meant to be able to get in yet. Uh, it, it is apparently there and working for some people. I think it was just overwhelmed uh, when word got out that it was there. But Sifa, I'm glad that you managed to get it right. Uh, everybody else, my, my recommendation is just deep breaths and a bit of patience. This is going to be like the early days of the vaccine booking. Yes. And They're going to be teething the problems. Everybody piling on, pass. trying to do it at the same time. Yes. If you can, if you're not in an immediate, desperate hurry, you know, if you are thinking of wanting that for proof to travel in January next year, just chill for a week or two would be my advice. Save yourself the stress. Yeah, okay. Um, right, John in Kells River on the WhatsApp saying OVHD, I think that's OpenView HD, told us a few years ago that we would not have to purchase another decoder ever again. But I've just received a message on my TV saying I need to buy the latest OVHD decoder. Isn't that false marketing? I would say so. It's the first I've heard of that, actually. John, would you like to send us more details? Because Please, that's what I would like look to look into. I discovered this week, a few days ago, taking up another DSTV-related or multi-choice-related issue that my media person has just vanished into thin air. He's oh, off dear. WhatsApp. He's bounced. And so I'm going to have to jump through some hoops to find his replacement and um, and I'll be on it. Okay, we'll keep you posted. But John, if you'd like to mail me with some details, Pippa H at capetalk.co.za or you can mail it straight to Wendy who is on consumer at nola.co.za. K-N-O-W-L-E-R. If anybody else has had the same experience, were you told buy this decoder and you never have to buy another one ever again and are now being told something different, please do drop me an email to add to that case study so that Wendy can pick um, up on it. I don't think that makes sense anyway, given the technological advances and it, everything. It, yeah. So I think it might have just been an overzealous agent selling agent, that. Yeah. Yes, but, but, but I'll look into it. Into. Okay. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's one of those things you kind of expect that you have to replace every few years as the technology improves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but still, if you were told never again. And there's a recording of that conversation. Then, then that's, that's a whole other can of worms to open. Exactly. Okay. Uh, we'll leave it there. John, thanks again. If you want to email Wendy, consumer at nola.co.za. And as always, just a reminder, if you are mailing Wendy, please do your best to put all of the information that is relevant into one single email account numbers, reference numbers, address, names, etc. You'll be amazed how often people leave that information out and it then becomes very difficult to track uh, all the different emails attached to a case going forward. So please try and put it into one email and do remember to put the words Cape Talk in the subject line. Wendy, lovely to have you back in Cape Town safely. We'll chat again next week. Will do.